Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. We're keeping it real, goes right. Welcome back to Real Take Sports Talk number 61. And also a big welcome to my special guests for this show, Damitro and Brooks from the HMO yes, Podcast. Boys, how you doing? Doing great, man. Thank you for having us on tonight. Real Take Sports. What's going on, everybody? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us. And uh, we're ready to bring some uh, some good energies to you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Keep bringing that good energy. And if you're if you got some good energy in the chat, let us have your questions. Hit that like button, subscribe if you haven't already, and hit that oh, notification yeah. bell so you get notified whenever new videos are released. Um, before we start, though, I just wanted to give you all an opportunity to kind of talk about your channel, talk about you know where you guys are at, like what you guys do, and and really plug your stuff. So this is unlimited shilling time. Go for it. Uh, tell us about HMO. How'd you guys get started? Well, love telling this story, man. It's like the millionth <laughs> time I've told this story and it never gets old, man. Uh, sure. I started off doing podcasting uh, Montgomery College after high school. Uh, Brooks was doing the sports journalism. He had his website. I thought it was dope, man. So I figured, why not do a link up? Why not have collaborative effort? Just get some podcasting going on, some chill, dope vibes, sit around the mic, just conversation with the homies. Like, we just looked at it as really talking about things that we like and know about and seeing what we could do with it, putting stuff online, just getting the equipment equipment that we needed to get it done. And um, and really, there's so much more to it, uh, you know, that I'm not really – I'm kind of just making it like a long story short, but um, – it's been a long time running now. It's been shit four years now. Yeah, just oh, about four years in the making. With just uh, to back off, and just to back off of that, man. Like we 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 know people that have been having like a certain plan to get this podcast thing going on and making sure everything is correct. And we literally just dove headfirst in. Um, you know, Pedro was able to help really just get us started, just getting all the equipment going on. I just brought my ideas by myself. And I mean, a lot of the credit goes to Pedro, but then, you know, a lot of the credit goes to our former partner, Brady, and another former partner, Muzzy, who helped us go from just sports to just talking about music and other cultural stuff. So we've gone through a lot of, a lot of uh, transformations, I would say. Yep. But Rebranded now, ourselves so many times. So exactly. many times. And now it's just Pedro and I, we're doing our own thing. We've been doing it together uh, since like year two, basically. And uh, it's been, I mean, it's like it's been a major blessing, man, because if you had told me that Pedro and I would become brothers like this and be doing a podcast for this long in high school when we first met each other, I've been like, there's no way. Me, I barely even know the guy. And now, like, again, like I said, we're, we're, we're like brothers and nah, man, spend look, so much time around each other now. Something that's crazy is how, you know, everybody has that one friend in high school or maybe like acquaintance that you see in the hallway and he's just cool vibes. Like, that's how I saw Brooks, like. You know, I know that he's a cool guy. We dab each other up. We never really had too many conversations, though. Once we started doing this podcast, the symmetry or, or I, the chemistry, I should say, all just started coming together and we started putting our uh, knowledge and and, you know, just our passion for sports together into this podcast. And it formed a, a beautiful friendship. You know, I, I view Brooks as a brother, you know, like family to me. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's crazy what podcasting could do you know have real life effects I, it's been it's been a blessing man really it's it's one of the first things in my life that i've ever fully committed to 
you know, up to before the podcast, I was down a terrible path, man. Like just no type of, you know, self-control or like discipline and kind of avoiding guidance too. Right. So Brooks and I linked up at a perfect time and, you know, just formed something beautiful. And it's, it probably could be more subscribers, more views or whatever, but, and I'm okay with where we are now, just the way that we've just steadily been growing, you know, at, at some point, you got to realize as a creator, it's not always about the views. It's more about the uploads, just getting shit up there, having, you know, just forming uh, the same way Brooks and I formed a, a brotherhood and a, and a partnership. We're trying to build a partnership and a, you know, family like vibe with the viewers as well. And now real take is like, you know, podcast family, J and J like podcast family, you know, that's how it works, man. So uh, the creatives in the DMV have been, you know, I really feel like I've been been going hard for each other as of late, man. So uh, real take again, man, Omar, we really appreciate you having us on, Brody. You, know, you got a dope platform as well. Uh, you know, seeing the growth on your end as well. It's been beautiful to see, man. Uh, so again, man, we're, we're really honored to have you on, to be on your show. And I'm so happy to have you guys in here. I know uh, Cincy just joined in the chat and as did Ravens Flock. Both of you guys, anyone who watches this, please go do me a favor. Personally, do me a favor. Go to youtube.com forward slash HMO podcast. Link is in the description of this episode below. Give them a sub. Follow them on Twitter. It's all, all the information's right there. I can I can promise you you won't be disappointed. Drove puts out some great content. He had a great video about um um uh Jackson Mahomes earlier uh last week. I thought it was great. Um and he had some narration. It kind of reminded me like, you know, a little bit of like a documentary vibe, a little bit of a Jamari vibe too. Um, you know, shout and, out and, to Jamari, man. Yeah, shout out to Jamari. Ah, uh, shout out to Jamari. You know, so I and I dug that. Um and yeah, so just please, it, it, all the information's right there. And for anyone listening on the podcast version, Instagram, HMO.podcast, Twitter, H-M-O-E-N-T, YouTube.com forward slash HMO podcast, and Patreon.com forward slash HMO podcast. If you're feeling frisky, uh, if you want to do that, <laughs> buy the boys a cup of coffee, whatever. Uh, please go do that. Help them out. Um, and, you know, last thing I'll say, and then we can get into sports and, you know, what we're going to get into tonight. If you guys had like, you know, one thing you could say to maybe a potential content creator or a podcast or someone who's looking to start, you know, like what would be the one piece of advice that you think based off your experience you would give? Uh, I guess. Uh, can, yeah, yeah, Pedro, you can start. Yeah, I'm just consistency. Like I was saying, you know, that's the most important thing as a creative is, is consistency. But at, at a, a reasonable pace, you know, you want to not let your foot off the, the, the gas pedal, but you also don't want to burn out. So consistency at a solid pace where you're getting stuff done, but also not killing yourself either. Just stay consistent. Don't worry about getting the views right away. If it takes like 10, 15 years and, and nothing's changing. Then, you know, <laughs> then you might want to look wanna, at you wanna, something yeah, you different. Do but, something about it. <laughs> like 10, but, 15 years, like, damn, I still got two subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> but you just got to stay consistent. Just keep trying to improve and, and, and listen to feedback. Don't let people piss you off with their criticism. If they got something to say, they don't like your show or feel, you know, changes could be made. Listen to people. Try things out. And um, 
after that, just keep being consistent. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say the same thing, man. Uh, stay consistent, stay faithful to the grind. Um, because again, it's it's not easy being in being in this business, man. And wanting to like continue to do this weekly or daily, whatever it may be, just stay consistent, stay faithful to your grind. Um, you know, and again, make sure you have people around you that basically are smarter than you or are just better better than you at, at what you do. You know what I mean? Because you want to constantly be motivated to continue to do better. So I would say you always have someone around you that's going to inspire you to do better. Um, and, and again, stay consistent and stay faithful to your grind as well. Ab- yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I can honestly say this, you know, without reservation or, or whatever, you know, like, bef- like when I started doing this podcast thing, like I kind of got turned on to your guys' work because I follow Brooks on Twitter and I kind of, we, we kind of know each other through uh, a mutual friend. Big shout out yeah. to Simon. What up, Trendy. Simon? Yeah, my big boy. Yeah, uh, but but you know, and I saw you you guys had a podcast, so you like you know, and and like you know, I really thought about it, and I I think like part of the reason I kind of like switched over, not switched over, but like I kind of also put more emphasis on YouTube, it was because of like I saw you guys kind of putting out some content there, and I was like, oh, why not give it a shot? And I started throwing some clips up there. So real talk, thank you guys for you know the inspiration for that, and 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 you know always being uh, always being real. We love that. So thanks. That's dope, man. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Thank That's you. Dope. Appreciate All right. That. Enough, enough of this hanky panky bullshit. Let's get to what we're talking about today. Yes, and that sir. is sports. Um, diehard Bengals fan in the chat says, I was subbed since I saw it was scheduled. Big fat big shout out to Diehard Bengals fan. That's my boy Cincy. Uh Ravens Flock says, Both y'all channels need uh both y'all channels got great content. Uh, Bengals and Ravens AFC Championship. Mm, I don't know about that. We'll talk about that later. But uh, Whoa, that's a big yeah, bold prediction bit, right there. Bold prediction. Throw that hey, red that, flag. That, yo, that's not even too far off. The Bengals. The, hey nah, man, don't sleep nah, on them, bro. Scabs. Don't sleep scabs, on Cincy this year. Not scabs. this year. Nah, scabs, bro. Joe, you wait till you wait till Joe Burrow. My man, my man's gonna be my man's gonna be in the hospital bed by week. Uh, well, week, week. Damn, we already week seven. All right, give it till week eleven, bro. My man's gonna nah, be like, my damn. Boy is, my boy's looking bro. resilient this year, man. Bro. Hey, we'll, we'll, looking we'll get like, to it though. We'll looking looking it. like homie from SpongeBob. My leg. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on, guys, and get seriously. The NBA season kicked off this week, tipped off this week, I should say, and. We got a lot to fo- look forward to this year. We got the storyline, can the Bucks repeat as NBA champions? Uh, the whole, what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets, the Lakers, they retooled, rebuilt, and they are ready to go. We also got a bunch of young teams in the Hawks and, and the Mavs who are looking to really make that next step. The Mavs, especially after losing twice in the first round. A lot to talk about in the NBA this year, guys. Uh, Brooks, let's start with you. What, would, in your opinion, is the biggest storyline this year in the NBA that people should keep an eye on? I mean, besides the obvious one with Kyrie, um, shoot. I would say, I mean, just that combination of what's going to happen with, with Russ and, and LeBron James, man. I mean, we just saw LeBron James was out for a game already with an ankle injury. Russ stepped in with 31, I think 31 triple double, 31 point triple double. Um, Brought him their second victory of the night, or second victory of the season, I should say. Um, I think that's like the biggest one uh, that everybody that should, should that everybody should be uh, paying attention to. Big facts, Joe. What about you? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of zoned out right there. Um, so you're saying the um, 
the uh, the storyline that we should be looking forward to? Yeah, absolutely. Like the like, what's like the biggest thing to keep an eye on basically this season? You think? <sighs> Look, man, the Lakers are essentially a shoe in for the finals. If they can, if I think people need to be on the lookout for this new Lakers pick and roll that they're going to start running with Russell Westbrook. I think if Russell Westbrook gets comfortable with that and starts understanding down the stretch, he can't touch the ball um, as much. Got to start understanding his role on the team. I think they're going to end up reeling off a pretty good season, better than people are going to be projecting the map probably right now. I think they're capable of winning 55 to 60 games this year. Yeah, I, I, I like both of those. For mine, I'm gonna go with one that Brooks you kind of you kind of mentioned in in the onset of this conversation, and that is the Brooklyn Nets. It just as a whole, including the Kyrie situation, including the situation of what might happen to James Harden after this season, the expectations for that team coming into this year, like all that kind of stuff. And look for anyone who has like opinions about the whole Kyrie situation, if you're watching this. Like it's not even really about like you know the decision of what he what he made for his health. I'm, I don't even care about that. I'm not gonna lie to you. But for there are a lot of people out there who are saying we shouldn't even talk about it as if it's like nothing that affects the game. I'm like, dude, it does affect the game. It's pro- it's like it took one of the most crucial title contenders in this entire NBA season. Like and it put and it took them from being probably the top team that a lot of people thought were going to win the title to you know like we we don't really know what they're going to be and I think th- like that in itself is merit enough for us to talk about the impact of not having Kyrie on the team and you and we can argue about all the other stuff I don't really again I don't really care like that's if you want to make that decision that's yours but but you know I, I think. Have losing Kyrie and you know what might happen whether they trade for someone you know the idea of them trading for Ben Simmons has been thrown around I don't know if that's really an, an upgrade for them I don't know if that's really going to you know fix like their 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 problem uh, offensively but uh, but I think just how the Brooklyn Nets unfold and 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 what they do this year is probably going to be the biggest thing to keep an eye on um, you know in this NBA season just because of how crucial like. Everyone had the Nets as their title favorites. It was Nets Lakers going into uh, after the offseason. Every that's what everyone was talking about, and now it's uh, we don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. The whole I, I don't. I'm not trying to get into the whole why Kyrie is not playing, but I definitely agree with you there. They they, they become a team that's middle. And can we talk about one thing? You know, now that now that we're talking about the Nets. James Harden seems to have, like, he went back a level. The whole free throw, not being at the free throw line, I should say, the rule changes where he's not getting these same kind of fouls by just throwing himself into everybody how he's been all these years. We're going to see him shoot a lot less free throws. That means he might average, like, 20 points a game this year, like, somewhere around low 20s. He's not going to be in the 30s or even the high 20s. Does th- that affects them even more where they can't really be a top two to three team in the East. You got Chicago right now is going crazy, right? And um, we got Charlotte right now. Let, we'll see how Charlotte does, but the East is looking nice right now. So I don't know if there's really room for um, – I don't know if there's really room for the Brooklyn Nets, man, and hey, especially hey. the way James Harden has been looking. Don't – don't. 
Don't don't sleep on one, don't sleep on Charlotte, man. That, that's a that's a bad man in Lamella Ball down there. That's a bad man. That man he will, bro, bro. I I think Lamella like, you know how you know how like uh, Lonzo was hyped up to be like the next big thing by Lavar. Man, yo, if Lavar was smart. He would have saved all that hype for this young kid, LaMelo. I'm telling you, he is the real deal. He's got a chance to be not, and I'm not saying, and this might be hyperbole, he's got a chance to be, like, a top three player in this league, like, within the next f- just few years. That's how highly I think of LaMelo Ball's play. Bro, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I mean, I want to switch it back. I mean, Pedro was just mentioning his brother and, and Lonzo, or not his brother, but, you know, the Chicago Bulls, like, Bulls are 4-0, first 4-0 start since 95-96. Um, Lonzo Ball looks like a completely different player now. I mean, the guy is literally playing free and confident. I, I actually see him having a little bit of an in-between game now, and, you know, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, they're doing their thing, but the fact that Lonzo Ball is playing so well right now, I mean, it's only four games in, but, like, the dude can be a walking triple-double if he wants to be. He's got confidence now. I mean, the ball, the ball brothers, at least the two of them, are looking really good, the youngest and the oldest. Uh, I hope that Jello can eventually find a spot and stick to it. I mean, he's playing for the G League Storm or Swarm, I should say. Um, but, I mean, just to pick it off of what Pedro was saying about the Nets, I mean, James Harden was the poster boy for those little ticky-tack. I'm going to hook my arm into somebody else's arm. I'm going to jackknife my, my legs whenever I, I shoot a three and someone's in my space. I mean – it does knock you down a peg when you can't get all those ticky tack fouls. But this is a guy who was, if not top two, top three offensive threats, just being able to have that ball on the string, uh, that step back, that step back three, that's his signature that everybody does now. I mean, he's going to be a top 15 scorer in the league, regardless of whether or not he gets the free throws. I can't even say he's going to be only a low 20 guy. I mean, the guy is a walking bucket and having Kyrie there would have been great, but, James Harden and KD are, are an unstoppable duo, too. It's just a matter of what everybody else does. Can that bench actually come together? Can Patty Mills lead that bench? And we'll see, man, because I don't know, right? I don't know right now. I See, I like that. Um, I just wanted to very quickly go back to something y'all were talking about uh, with the Chicago Bulls. Because I think that the Bulls, when you look at the way that they're built, like we, they have DeMar DeRozan and, uh, you know, and Lonzo, who are like kind of like, in my opinion, probably like, you know, the more... Like as far as like importance on the like they're, that that core is important, but I would say like you know they're secondary to someone like obviously is like Zach Levine, but you know who I think gets lost and whose talent I think gets lost in like talk of all these stars who went to Chicago, someone like Nikola Vucevic, who even this year he is still averaging a, a double double at the beginning of the season. Like this man, like the other night I believe he had like 19 rebounds along with 15 points, and I think. He's going to, like, settle into a role where he's going to be just dominating the boards and, you know, getting his, like, you know, nearly 20 points a game, which he just, that's what he does. He's just, like, he just, like, he wakes up and he's just like, okay, I have uh, 20 points and 10 rebounds now. <laughs> now I go to sleep. Uh, you know, so, like, like, that's what my boy does. And and I think, like, well, I think, and I, I, I just think, like, having that, like, having, like, that depth and, and like and all these different players who you know if Zach Levine's having an off night oh, it's okay you got DeMar DeRozan you can work Vucevic in the paint or you know Vucevic's having an off night okay cool we're gonna run everything through Lonzo Ball play slow ball and then hopefully everything goes well like 
they are one of the most, honestly, versatile teams with those players intact. And if they can all stay healthy together, I think, man, like, if you're the Bucks, you got to look out for this team. If you were any team in the East, the Heat, who I think are going to underperform this year, that's a personal thing of mine, you got to look out for the Bulls, man. The Bulls are no joke this year. Yeah, yeah, bro. Chicago is looking insane. That's why I'm saying the East is, for once, might be better than the West. They might just be better than the West. Uh, I, it might actually have been that way since maybe even last year. The East is starting to get really competitive, and um, parity is starting to kind of come back. We'll see if the Lakers and Nets fuck that up or not. Uh, but I, I think, you know, I, I kind of want to change my answer from your original question. The first question you asked, the biggest mm-hmm. storyline we should be looking out for really should be the rule changes. I think that now we're really going to start seeing – who are the pure hoopers in the league and who are the guys that were manipulating the refs and the rules to be able to get more points and eventually get on the first or second all team, all NBA teams and stuff like that. Guys lose money because other people are manipulating the rules. So now that everyone's on an even playing field, it's going to be interesting to see who are the pure hoopers. And I agree with what you were saying, Brooks. Uh, Harden is an automatic bucket. So at some point, he's going to have his stretches where he's going to go off. I still don't think he's going to average that many points. Like It'll be lower than previous seasons. And come playoff time, that's where we're really going to see the rule change and how significant they are going to be. Yeah, and the quick side note on, on the hard end, mm-hmm. too. I mean, what was it 2017, 2018, I believe, and then like 2018, not 2019? Those were just – like if you wanted to watch Harden games or Harden highlights, it was just tough to watch because you saw him put up, was it like 10, 11 free throws a game? And you saw that he was always going to just be drawing that foul and hooking somebody's arm. And it just, it doesn't make the game entertaining. And I think that's, again, I think that's why the rule change is great. And I hope they actually stay consistent with it because, you know, they don't always uh, do it throughout the whole year. But to actually be able to be like, hey, we're going to emphasize oh, you can't do um, quote-unquote unnatural basketball basketball moves. I mean, Harden is not going to be able to benefit Trey Young, uh, someone like Bradley Bill who does it kind of on the low. I mean, it's, it's a whole bunch of guards that aren't going to be able to go to the free throw line like they usually should or could. And, you know, they're going to have to be aggressive in the paint and actually earn those fouls instead of just, again, getting the, the ticky-tack ones. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I – I want to just say this on record because I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I love LeBron James. He has done a lot of good things for the game. And he, yes, is, I think it's inarguable. We can have that debate later. Definitely top three all time. But the one thing I've always criticized is, man, there was one, like, he's the one guy who really, I think, really overpopularized, like, like, you know, kind of flopping and, like, begging for calls. Man, I that's the one thing. That's the only knock I have against LeBron. And this is the same guy who delivered my team a title. All right, big shout out to the 2016 cat. I love LeBron. I don't give. I he left. He came back. He won a chip. He deserves to leave. That shit was epic, man. I'm that here, was bro. an epic chip. It was. It was. It was great. But, but you know, I, you're right. Hopefully, these rule changes fix those things. Um, last few things, and these are just like superlatives. So you, so you guys can just like say them out. Uh, who do you think? Is going who are you think are going to be the two teams? You don't have to tell me who wins. Two teams that represent the East and the West this year. What are your predictions, Brooks? Why don't you go first? Uh, for the East, 
I'm gonna say the Bucks get back to the NBA Finals. I I love what I'm seeing from Giannis right now. Uh, hopefully, Drew Holiday comes back pretty quickly from uh, his. It was a calf injury, I believe it was uh, last week. Um, that team is gonna be scary for years to come if they stay healthy. They stay, you know, solving that ego and all that. And then the West, I don't think it's the Lakers, man. I don't think it's gonna be the Lakers, but if it's not the Lakers, I don't then know who, who else. Because <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard, man. It's it's really hard. Um, I mean, in the West. Hey, you got to think about the whole uh-huh. injury bug that comes around the end of the season and the playoffs, and there are usually teams that end up benefiting from that. Yeah, yeah, that's so, true. So, I don't know. I mean, it's not too far-fetched to think that we can get a finals rematch. Maybe Phoenix makes it back again, and yeah, I would possible. think they would lose again, honestly. Aww. I think the Bucks. I, For me, personally, if it's not the Lakers, it's the Bucks. Those are the only two teams I truly feel like can win it all. Like, the Bulls are going to be a fun team, but I think eventually youth is going to catch up to them, and um, and – Maybe the injury bug. I hope not, but I really would hope not because it looks like the funnest team in the league right now, Chicago Bulls. You got Zach Levine breaking MJ records and, you know, first time 4-0 since the 90s and all this. They're creating this fanfare and, you know, you know what happens when these teams start? What happened? Four games. Four and like I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm no I'm not, I'm not saying that to you I'm just like are you, people are actually talking about that like like Bro, that's a record I, I, uh, wait for for the first time they've been four and zero yeah yeah so oh, those, are, yeah the MJ records too the MJ well, record, no, the MJ records pat- I get but but the he 4-0? just passed MJ in three pointers all time for the Bulls and then this is their first four and zero start since ninety six ninety seven. So they're okay. just already off of four games with a small sample size, but mm-hmm. no, looking yeah. on paper, it looks great. And those headlines and narratives already being created could potentially lead to a surprising season. Like what happened with the Warriors when they went 73 and nine, we could see a 60 win Bulls team. Who knows? I agree. I agree. I think I like, I love the Bulls and the way they're constructed. I still think they're a year away though, from potentially competing for a chip. That being yep. said, I, I, the, the only team in the East that I have any confidence in in making it are the Bucks. So you got to go with the Bucks in the East. But in the West, I think y'all are sleeping on 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 a team that you know last year without their second best player almost the made Warriors. the playoff. Yeah. The Warriors, you, how are you going to sleep on the Warriors, bro? Dubs Nation, stand up. We're gonna talk about just, the Warriors. We're gonna talk. I about was the just Warriors. talking to a. I was just talking to a friend about this the other day too because he was a. Uh, he's a big Clay Thompson fan, a big Steph Curry fan. But I was just telling him, like, Clay Thompson is coming back from, like, these two devastating leg injuries, right? And he isn't a guy who really – his game isn't based off his athleticism and being able to do these amazing things, you know, midair, like like a John Moran or Derrick Rose in his prime or, or Russell Westbrook. But he's so active on that court, and he's, you know, he's, he's putting up so many shots, only so many shots, right? So this is going to be interesting how his legs are just going to be conditioned throughout the whole year. If he's actually going to be able to hold up, I mean, they're definitely going to be load managing him at some point too. So I don't know. I mean, I, I like the Warriors as a as a as a sleeper pick. I mean, but 
I'm worried about Clay, man. I, I hope he, he comes out great when he comes back around Christmas time. But nah, I'm I don't know. I'm worried about him. We'll see. That's the but, thing, man. I, I that's why I'm kind of not sold on the Warriors just yet. I have to see it first. At least one with Phoenix, I already saw it. And teams benefit, like I said, off of circumstances. There could be circumstance where Devin Booker's not playing or where Chris Paul's not playing. It could happen to anybody. But the Warriors have a higher chance than most other teams because of Klay Thompson. If Klay Thompson is not there and he's not healthy, there's absolutely zero chance they make it out of the West. We they need him. Yeah. So if he if he's healthy, if he's 100% healthy and he's Klay and he's doing like three dribbles, 40 points type Klay, then they're probably going to make it to the finals. And Most I likely. Keep, hey, I think we should keep our expectations low of Clay Thompson too, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, uh, sorry to cut you off, but we got we got a segment on the Warriors. Don't worry, we'll have plenty of time to right. talk about right. them. Right. No, no, we good, right, we good. Y'all good. But um, I just want to get to the chat real quick, and then before we move on, let's go to the chat, guys. If you have any questions, please put them in the chat. Ravens flock have been busy in the chat here. Uh, Honestly, if they get beat by anyone in division, rather okay. So now, okay, so we have diehard Bengals fans saying, "I'm just mad." Because the Ravens got beat by the Bengals because we got our because we got clapped. You know what? You're damn right. I'm mad. You're damn right. I'm mad because that was fixed. That game was fixed. All right. It was oh, a fake. It was a stop, fake game. Great game. Worst game. I the Ravens won bigly. If I I might add, we won bigly. All right. <laughs> it, was, it was the most rigged game I've ever seen. Uh, oh, diehard Bengals fan. Funny guy, bro. Yeah, my man says he still respects the Ravens, though. You know what? We don't respect the Bengals on this podcast, man. Fuck the Bengals. All right. Ooh. Hey, Joey B, I got your back, man. I got your back. Uh, we also got Kawhi Leonard has, has managed to uh, well, find his way to this chat. What it do, baby? Kawhi he Leonard. Says, what it Welcome. do, baby? Yeah, um, yeah, Kawhi. Uh, Frank how you- for some Rockets. Yeah, the Rockets, man. Maybe Kawhi should have been playing with the Rockets. Probably... Would have had a better chance. Damn. Um, anyway, um, no, so keep the chats coming. Keep everything uh, flowing. We love it. Hit that like button. Subscribe to our channel. Subscribe to HMO Podcast. All that jazz. Finally, mercifully, let's move on from the NBA to talk about the NBA and the Golden State Warriors. Lots to talk about with them. Um, guys, are the Golden State Warriors back after, you know, two very tough seasons without Klay Thompson, the Warriors were off to a hot start this season, winning their first four games, including an opening day win against the Los Angeles Lakers uh, in a game a game in which their bench honestly absolutely cleaned house, dominated the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, we've seen a lot of that. A lot of people are talking about the depth of this team and what they could possibly do. And so I wanted to pose the question to you guys. What is is the ceiling for this year's Golden State Warriors team. Uh, Drew, let's start with you. What's the ceiling for this team? I don't know, man. It's definitely not a championship or bust season. Uh, But Mm -hmm. the window is getting very, very small for the Warriors. If they want to do something, it's going to have to be in this year or next year. Other than that, I think guys are going to start going other places and we're going to start seeing guys just getting old and regressing a little bit. Probably not Steph Curry. Steph Curry still has a lot of play left in him. Um, but as far as this championship window with this team, they got to get something going, but it's not a championship or bust. I, have to say, I know it might sound kind of crazy, but um, 
I don't know, man. 4-0 is a good start. I don't, don't think it's the same kind of 4-0 as the Bulls, though, to be honest with you. man. I'm more impressed with the, the Bulls 4-0 than the Warriors 4-0. It's still a good start, their first one since they went. What happened last time they went 4-0? They won 20 more after that. They won 24 in a row to begin that legendary season that ended with LeBron winning the, the chip for Cleveland. But um, I don't know, Brooks, what do you think, man? What is the ceiling for the Golden State Warriors this year? I say I say conference finals. I, definitely, I think they can make the conference finals realistically if, again, uh, Steph, Steph Curry continues to play like a, a maniac he is. Uh, if Klay Thompson can come back and be like at least, I say ninety percent of what he what he was uh, before he tore his ACL and Achilles, um, you know, and we see something happen with Andre, Andre, Andrew Wiggins. Can he actually become Throwback. that third superstar <laughs> that uh, like anybody like everybody thought that he could be? I mean, Mabel Jordan was supposed to be like that, and mm-hmm. we see that he's really Jordan. not that guy. So L nickname. Maple, I love Maple Jordan. That's, that's a great an L nickname, nickname bro. That's a great nickname, bro. The Canadian Michael Jordan. That's uh, tough. Think about the hype that this guy had coming out of high school. Like, this was a tough guy. Yeah. Just, I mean, he showed his and true then, colors. And then, and, pros, and then the Cavs made the best decision in the world and got rid of his ass. Um, and what and I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, you never yeah, know what's gonna happen if if it was Kyrie, Kevin Love, and Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I know. Kyrie would have left. That might anyway. have been a nice little. Huh? Kyrie would have left anyway. Kyrie would have left anyway because he's like, man, Andrew Wiggins taking my shine, bounced. Uh, I mean, maybe. I, and, and I, I, I truly believe without LeBron, I, I think Kyrie actually would have left sooner. So, uh, like, like that's. I don't think that team would have been together, and they needed to get. They needed to trade Andrew Wiggins in order to get Kevin Love. So like, it, it, so I, I just think like you know, it, it was like kind of like fate for them to not ever like it was it was fate. It was meant to be. I'm at least I think it that way. But uh, going back to the Golden State Warriors, guys, the Golden State Warriors, their entire season is going. The success this season is going to be dictated by whether or not Clay Thompson comes back one healthy and at least I want to say like. I'll be generous and say 75% of what he was before the injuries. Like, I, I think, like, you know, a lot of people just expect Clay to come back. I'm like, no, this is like, like, like right now, like they're playing without Clay Thompson and Clay Thompson, he's not played in a game since 2019, since he got injured in those finals. Like, it has been a long time. So, they're going to obviously have to load manage him. You'll probably, like Brooks said, you'll probably see him get some play time in the uh, like closer to Christmas. And then hopefully as they're hopefully playing well, he'll get put into the mix a little more. And if we see like spurts of that same Clay Thompson, I genuinely think that this is a team that is not only dangerous enough to get to the playoffs and win in the playoffs, but get to the playoffs and give the Lakers a run for their money. Because one thing we know about Steph... One thing we know about Clay, one thing we know about this Warriors team, Steve Kerr, they know how to play LeBron James. And granted, the teams that LeBron had in Cleveland were not as talented as the teams that he has in L.A., but I still think that given their experience playing this guy, given the fact that, like, I think we, people forget Steph Curry was the MVP of the league. <laughs> like, like you know, a few years ago, people like to forget that. They just, like, write him off. Like, oh, he's old. I'm like, dude, look at his stats. He's he's a bucket. And if you get Klay Thompson somewhat, like, back to where he was or even close to that, combined with Steph Curry, combined with, you know, what Wiseman can do, combined with what Draymond already does and, and, and Wiggins and 
the the depth on this team, the bench on this team is so like great. I genuinely think this is a team that could give the Lakers a run for their money. And if they make the if they fuck around make the finals, man, it might just be one of those seasons. How great would it be to see Clay Thompson after two years of just just brutal injuries come back and hoist up uh, that that trophy? Like like that would be an amazing visual. Like obviously it's not just that; it's about basketball too. But man, I, I got I got a lot of confidence in this team. Yo, can can I say something real quick, bro? The yeah. layout of your show is fucking dope, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I was I was seeing it, but now I'm like really paying attention to it. That's dope, man. Like, yo, hey, y'all it should hit the subscribe button if you guys aren't aren't already subscribed. Just off the layout alone, like not even you know for the dope sports takes and shit. Just off the layout alone, shit is dope. But anyways, I see why uh, <laughs> people are saying that this is like being on first take, man, because the graphics yeah. are like that, bro. Yeah, I, I crazy, appreciate you know? that. I appreciate that. That's crazy. That's crazy. But um, but yeah, and, and on top of everything you just said, he also led the league in scoring last year. Steph Curry is mm. is proven. He's he has. I think the last thing that he really needs for his resume is that Finals MVP. He really needs to be the big dog. He needs to not need a Kevin Durant or somebody to come and save his ass. He needs to be the guy uh, with Clay Thompson. Cool. But nobody else, man, do not go out there and trade for a big, like a, if Luca, you know, I don't want to see none of that shit. Steph Curry needs to win the finals MVP. If he's going to ever really, you know, prove himself as he's already the greatest shooter of all time, but this will put him up there. Like, like, like uh, up in that like top like ten category yeah, like, of, of like elite top of the elite, yeah. Like oh, maybe somewhere in the top ten, somewhere in the top ten, yeah. Yeah, because he's not right now, but he would be if he wins the Finals MVP. Omer, I, I need you to I need you to say something about what Pedro just said, man. Because he said Steph Curry needs to be the top dog on a championship level team in order for yeah. This, I, I was to go gonna say I was gonna say I was gonna say uh, y'all pay attention. I paid attention in 2014, 2015 when like That's that. When, it was when, when me that, that I said that. I paid close attention. My team lost that. <laughs> it was me that said that because I know. We were yeah. we talking nah, about this the other day no, no, too. No. Yeah. I, I, what I'm what I'm saying is what I'm saying is like from a from um the aspect of just taking over the game because he had good stats, but he was never taking over games. He probably took over game four of uh of, of the year they won, the first year they won. He had like a thirty plus, but. He wasn't really taking over games like that, bro. He's, he had the nice stats. Some of them were garbage time stats. I just want to make that, you know, super clear. He never really dominated an entire series, right? Like, he probably should have won the finals MVP when Iguodala got it. But Iguodala, I guess, you know, he, he they, ain't. They, oh, go back. They put, they put him in the lineup. And clamp, what happened he ain't after clamp that, you know LeBron I mean? like that, though. LeBron still went off in that series. Like, Grant, like, yeah. and, and you consider don't stop he, LeBron James. Yeah, like, like, unless your name is Kirk Heinrich. Big shout out to Kirk Heinrich, by the way. My man, he, yo, you know, his strategy to stop LeBron James is the most effective of anyone mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Just take fouls all game long, beat punch him in the face. Yeah, elbow him in the chest. My man, Kirk Heinrich, man, A. Say what you want. When the Bulls went up against the Heat back in, like, 2011, my man was not letting him go to the paint unharmed. <laughs> like, he was, uh, he was like, like yeah, what's his name? Uh, I forgot his name, but I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, he was out there like that. Um, but, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Y'all going to tell me, bro, can y'all really point to a series that Steph Curry dominated in the NBA Finals? In the NBA? In the NBA, finals. I'm talking about from an impact, not from a statistical standpoint, but also from just the way he impacted it. Because when they won the Kevin Durant ones, he was really the the dominant one. And when they won the Kevin, first one, st- I, I watched these. I just want to say I watched those games with the KD series, like especially the one the the first. I think it was like the third year LeBron was in Cleveland. I, I don't remember what exactly. I think it was like 2017, the year, year after they won. Bro, Steph Curry was popping off in that series. Bro, like, I can't tell you. Like, 2017 20, finals, yeah. Steph Curry had one bad game. And that just so happened to be the game when KD hit that that uh, hezzy pull-up over LeBron James. And that's when everybody was like, oh, he's the best player on the planet. Maybe he's better than LeBron James. But we forget. We literally forget. Steph Curry was step for step with him in production. Step for step. Step for step with him in domination. So, again, it's not like we can't say he wasn't – if he's not one, he's 1A. You LeBron, know what I mean, 2017, please, 2017 please. and 2018. And Does even it, in 2019, he was dominant too because he was step for step with Kawhi then whoa. too. He just was getting beat up a whole lot too, so. But hold on. But did, did he not need Kevin Durant by his side to finally have that kind of numbers in the he, he didn't, he didn't need, have those he numbers didn't without Kevin, Kevin Durant because he was doing that in, in 2015. But he didn't dominate that KD series. Was just, he had twenty six like points just, on like forty percent field goal. He didn't dominate. He put up good numbers. He didn't dominate. LeBron dominated that series and lost. But Steph Curry do- did not dominate that series and won. I think that really, I I kind of agree with Iguodala. I've come around to agreeing with Iguodala winning that Finals MVP because once they put him in the lineup, once they put him in the lineup, the series changed. It, it went the way it was probably supposed to from the beginning because at first the Cavs are up. What do you one. mean? What do you mean the the way it was supposed to? Kyrie and K and Kevin after Love that, were both after out. After that, they were after both that, out after the entire that. series. My God! After like, Kyrie, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly Olynyk deliberately broke Kevin Love's arm. I witnessed that <laughs> shit. And then I, Kyrie I, Irving <laughs> just went off and said, "Oh, ow, my knee!" And then like, and then we we were going to lose that series. Everyone knew it. Like LeBron wasn't gonna like you know will his like love LeBron, but not with that supporting cast. He was not gonna will that no. team to a chip. Oh, I, I got thing, you. The biggest, the biggest thing with that too is the fact that Della Danova, his play dropped off finally because he had two great, he had a great stretch when guarding Steph Curry, and was like a freaking magician, second best player on that Cavs team. He falls off. That was really like that was really the biggest thing as well as Andre Iguodala, quote unquote, shutting down LeBron James. I mean, if we're being real here too. Yo, the the argument that I'm trying to make is without Kevin or without Kyrie, without Kevin Love, the Cavs are basically guaranteed a finals loss. The fact that they're up 2-1 is crazy. And as soon as Iguodala gets in the starting lineup, it changes the whole series. So just off of the impact of that series, it goes to Iguodala because you had Steph Curry for three games and you lost two of them. Those are the games that you got to dominate. We're not going to sit here and say that Iguodala's impact was greater than Steph Curry's impact for for the 2015 finals. We're not going to say that. Why not? Not say that right Why now. not? He won the finals MVP. True. Why not? LeBron James literally fi- LeBron James literally gave Iguodala buckets in his sleep. He didn't shut yeah, him he down. Did. He didn't shut him down at all. Like he he stopped him. 
Sometimes but here, he here's the thing: LeBron dominated, but he dominated in a way where it was so inefficient, where they ended up losing. That's not LeBron's fault. He still dominated that series more than, way more than Steph Curry did. But at the end of the day, he got the W. He went in there and he limited him to like what 38% field goal. That counts for something. He may have got 30 plus whatever, and he again he was cooking. But any other player would have got like a 45%, 50%, way more efficient on their head top, bro. I'm trying I'm to a, give that man his credit. I'm gonna I'm I'm have to I'm gonna have to change the name of this show to Real Take Cap Talk after that one. My nah, God, my bro, God. Nah, bro. My guy, look at this in the chat. Big ticket just said uh he, uh Steph averaged 26 and 5 in the first series. Like, like, bro, I just don't get here's the thing. I get it. Igudala clamp LeBron. Whatever, right? Like he clamp LeBron. It was just like I'm just like I just I still to this day will never understand why he got that chip. Uh also I think you guys are seeing the same thing in the chat that I saw. Uh remove that guy. Um but Yeah, hey, whenever you see shit like that, bro, report it, please. Best- no, no, no. Report it. Chat should report it. But when we're on, don't even acknowledge people like that. Cause that's all they want is for us to be off our game. We, we don't get distracted by, by, you know, little grifty, little grifty people on YouTube. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I'm interested to see what the, what the dubs can do. Really enjoyed this discussion about them. Um, but let's move on, guys. If you haven't already, please hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Um, we had some interesting news um, from Enos Cantor this week. So Enos Cantor, the center for the Boston Celtics, called out Nike this week on social media for ignoring human rights violations by China. So let's take a listen to what he had to say. Dear Nike. Your company says that you are making a positive impact in our communities. And that is true. Yes, you are. Here in the United States, Nike stands with the Black Lives Matter. Nike stands with Stop Asian Hate. Nike stands with the Latino community. And Nike stands with the LGBTQ community. And Nike remains vocal about injustice here in America. But when it comes to China, Nike remains silent. You do not address police brutality in China. You do not speak about discrimination against the LGBTQ community. You do not say a word about the oppression of minorities in China. You are scared to speak up. Who makes your shoes in China? Do you even know? There are so many forced labor factories in China. For instance, Uyghur forced labor in modern-day slavery, and it is happening right now in China. Millions of Uyghurs are currently detained, sold, and assigned to work at forced labor camps, prisons, and factories across the country. They are, un- they are under constant surveillance, with long working hours and poor living conditions. They are subject to political re-education. They have no freedom of expression, no freedom of religion, and they are not even able to leave. Did you know that almost the entire apparel and footwear industry is tainted by Uyghur Uyghur forced labor? Many well-known global brands are implicated, and yes, that includes the one of the NBA's biggest sponsors, Nike. Nike claims 
that they do not allow any forced labor in their supply chains. Yet, they don't have the receipt to prove it. They have not publicly committed to cutting ties with the Chinese government's labor transfer scheme. They have not provided clear timelines or updates about their efforts to end this. They have not publicly committed to the steps outlined by the coalition to end Uyghur forced labor. Don't forget, every time you put those shoes on your feet or you put that t-shirt on your back, there are so many tears and so much oppression and so much blood behind it all. Nike likes to say, just do it. Well, what are you doing about the slave labor that makes your shoes? That slave labor that makes you rich? To the owner of Nike, Phil Knight, I have a message for you. How about I book a plane tickets for us? Let's fly, let's fly to China together. We can try to visit these slave labor camps and you can see it with your own eyes. LeBron James and Michael Jordan, you guys are welcome to come too. Nike must be a participant in this. Stop with hypocrisy. Stop the modern day slavery now. Can't hear you. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So big words by Enos Cantor there. Wow. And obviously he, he, he did not mince words. He did not mince people's names when he mentioned them. And he, he called out everyone. He called out Nike. He even, to an extent, called out the NBA, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and everyone associated with the brand. So my question to you guys is after hearing that, is he right? And is it really hypocritical of companies like Nike to use this type of forced labor for their shoes. Uh, Brooks, why don't we start with you? Uh, so, yes, he's right in calling out uh, Nike for, I mean, and, and this is like historical fact, the fact that they've um, always been practicing really bad labor things uh, just with their workers and in terms of just forcing them to do long hours, even child, even child labor. I mean, and that, that in itself is, one of the worst evils um, to inflict not only China, but America at 1.2. So, yeah, I mean, they should definitely be called out. Um, it's just, if they if, if, if the NBA and Nike weren't going to succumb to pressure last year, they're not going to do it this year with Ennis Cantor saying anything, too. I mean, he's, Ennis Cantor's really in the spotlight politically just because, you know, he's calling out Nike, he's calling out uh, Kyrie for, Kyrie for being unvaccinated. I mean, he's he's doing everything he can to just like be in a really good position. And this is after you know he got um, basically excommunicated, I guess you could say, from from Turkey. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a whole lot going on. And I mean, kudos to him for uh, exercising, I guess, his right to to speech and all that. Um, I don't know. It's it's a little above my head as far as just everything else going on. But yeah, he had a, he has a right to call him out because again, you shouldn't be. That's well. That's the. I mean, this is gonna get like a little philosophical. Philosophical. No, please. Yeah, please. Go ahead. Philosophical. There you go. Thanks for having my back, Pedro. I appreciate you. Got bro. you. I got you. <laughs> um, but like, when you're a billion dollar corporation like that, you're of course gonna end up stepping on somebody's back to make sure you get all that money. And Nike isn't above anybody else. Even if they do support Black lives, even if, even if they do support the LGBT community, even if they do support Latino lives, all of that, they're not above anybody else. We see that every July, every company has a rainbow flag 
And then as soon as August hits, the flag is gone. All the all the pro LGBT community uh, community messaging is gone too. So it's, it's it's maybe like a flavor of the month thing. So absolutely, kudos again, kudos again to him. And I hope that Nike does try to do something different. But I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, Joe, what about you? You just can't big salute to him for speaking his mind and not being afraid of what's to come because I can only imagine the kind of messaging that he's getting after saying those things and, and mentioning the names that he mentioned. Um, he has absolutely every right to say what he's feeling and to shine light on these situations. He's always been a guy who is outspoken. He's uh, again, politically active, like Brooke said, and he's, he knows what's going on. He understands that, you know, people like him that are in, in the position that he's in, um, in terms of status and, and stuff like that, uh, that they get taken advantage of and that there's a lot more that goes into the things that we consume than, you know, than we would imagine at first. Um, Enos Cantor, definitely salute for speaking up. Like I said, you know, just having the conviction to say what he said. And again, I, I think, you know, uh, he's, and he's not, he's not wrong about the things he's saying either. Um, but I'm also not going to knock anybody for not speaking, you know, uh, on certain, it depends on who it is. You know, some people, you know, it, it's, you know, like there's certain players that don't have the same kind of pull or the same kind of influence on uh, the masses, right. Where they could probably just go and hope that the bigger guys, I can understand when, you know, they get upset. Oh, LeBron didn't, you know, talk about uh, China, et cetera. You know, I, I, I understand the criticism there. Um, but I think it you know, comes it is what it is. Yeah, I think it comes with like, you know, kind of like knowing what's going on. And I think like, you know, this is like the first step of that. Less to lose too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and and you know, just one thing I want to say about, you know, Enos Cantor and and like what he's said here. Um, there's a like a lot of pressure too. I think one thing that people kind of under like, you know, understate or, or don't talk about is like the pressure, you know, like, you know, that that the NBA's relationship with China and, and, and everything and Nike's relationship, obviously with China, there's a lot of pressure for him not to say stuff like this. Like, like I think Pedro said, like he's probably going to get messages. He's probably going to get, you know, directives possibly even from the NBA to, Hey, tone it down. But one thing that Enos Cantor, you know, is definitely not is afraid. We've, found that out very much over the past number of years and you know the reason I kind of wanted to include this because I know we do a lot of laughs on the show and, and all that kind of stuff is because I think like th there's a point where like you know sports um you know and and culture society all this stuff it mixes and I think you know it's important for us to have that context when talking about like sports and you know the things we enjoy like Nike shoes I love Nike shoes we all like I think we all love Nike shoes and I think like if like, you know, we all like love the shoes, if we love the NBA, one thing that we should always be trying to do is, you know, how can we make what we love already, you know, better? And I think that's what Enos Cantor's point is. And there's a lot of people who are going to probably try to be like, oh, well, Enos Cantor, he's just out there for the clout or he's just out there, you know, uh, to be provocative. Uh, and, you know, he's he's gotten a little bit of that criticism over the number of past few days. But, you know, one thing I know specifically about this situation, Enos Cantor, is it's something that affects him directly because, you know, with, like, 
if we're being real, like what China is doing to the Uyghur Muslim population over there, it, it's not great. Not only are they being put in forced labor camps, that's almost uh, an ethnic genocide. I believe there is like actually some human rights organization that have classified as that. And I think the overall messaging is from Enos Cantor, let's learn about what's going on. And like, let's see if, how we can make things better. And I think that's something in sports, in life, in culture, we always got to strive to be. And oh yeah, it's, it's, go ahead, Brooks. Go ahead, Pedro. No, no, go. You got. Brooks, no, I, well, you. I was just gonna say the fact that um, or it's, it's just surprising again that you know Boston Celtics, Celtics games got removed from Chinese broadcasts, and there isn't a wave of criticism from anybody, um, as far as oh well, wow. Uh, or like from, from I guess like Chinese media, like how dare they, you know, how dare NS Cantor say these these uh, rude things or these controversial things about our government, blah, blah, blah. And last year, you know, they were up the rocket's butt as far as, you know, what Daryl Morey said and, and what James Harden declined to say and what LeBron James declined to say. And I think it's, again, it's because NS Cantor is being very critical of China and then how they're treating uh, Uyghur Muslims and all these different things. You know, like we know we what we believe in, we know these things to be true. Um, so it's, it's it's interesting that they're not being as defensive as as they were last year. And I don't know mm. why that is, um, but it's, it's again, it's very interesting. It is interesting. Well, we we also don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but hey, we'll we'll keep up with Enos Cantor and and all he's doing. But hey, good on you for speaking your uh your mind. Good on you for speaking up. Uh, because, you know, there is injustices all around the, the world. And if we can do any little bit uh, of our part to help out, you know, I, I think that's what every person should always try to do. Um, and education is always uh, part of that, no matter what we're talking about. So good good on him for doing that. Um, yep, guys, if you haven't already, please hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Oh, we got we to gotta reply about your uh, comments on the Warriors, by the way, Pedro. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the power I love this. The power of sports narrative is that a guy can average twenty six and five and get no credit for the finals. True. Hey, you, hey, you weren't you a hey, uh, big ticket man? I don't think you heard me. I said that he played well. He did not dominate that series. None of y'all have have shown me any type of proof of him dominating the series. I'm yet to see it. I've I watched all the games. I went back and watched them again. He did not dominate the series from start to finish. LeBron still did, but Andre Iguodala had an impact in that series. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, he said, true courage is when you can speak truth to power, even when it can affect your own pockets. Good job, Enos Kanter. That, And if I could add on to that comment, we can go back to the Warriors thing if you want, but um, Enos Kanter is, again, not afraid of the consequences including that financially because he's he mm. stands to lose or be potentially blackballed by the NBA for having these kind of viewpoints. We've seen it happen with, um, oh, man, what, what's the name from the 90s? Um, uh, Abdul, Abdul, uh, Abdul Rahim. Yeah, yeah. Abdul Rahim. We, we saw it happen yeah. with him with the whole, uh, I, I believe it was the national anthem, uh, similar situation to Colin Kaepernick. Um, and, and well, you know, are you telling are you telling me that people were protesting the national anthem before 2015? What crazy, right? Before it was cool. This guy was doing it back in the day, and you know what? Um, he's still to this day. He's still very. Um, he seems like politically active, and, and you know he's 
he's well aware of what's going on uh, just as good now as it was back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, kudos to Enos Kanter risking, you know, potential millions of dollars by saying these things to shine light on very important, untalked about situations, healthy to have those kind of conversations. Absolutely. Sports and politics have always mixed. Anyone who tells you otherwise doesn't know shit about sports. Um, anyway, uh, let's move on, guys, to um, I wanted to say lighter things, but I don't even know if I can say that about this. Actually, hold, hold up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can say that. Mark Davis was in the news and it was talking about the Washington football team, Pedro's favorite football team, the Washington football team. Oh, hell <laughs> no. Don't ever disrespect his owner like with his favorite oh, owner. Oh, my God. <laughs> um anyway oh, guys do we we have a well we can talk maybe we can talk about it off screen but we got an interesting story about them too okay well, well yeah uh hold, hold that thought uh we'll, we'll probably talk about that off screen but um um anyway so guys interesting news today mark davis the owner of the las vegas raiders broke ranks with nfl owners wednesday at the fall meetings by calling for the report on the Washington football team, which the NFL has been compiling through an investigation on their culture. He called for this report to be released to the public. Uh, Davis was asked if he felt signaled out or targeted in, in the investigation. And he said, quote, we're the Raiders. We're used to it. And this is what our life is about. But it is disappointing. All the other owners have been either quiet or have said no i believe brooks you mentioned earlier that jerry jones came out and said that uh he does he doesn't think that this should come out you know so th there's a lot of stuff going on here of course the washington football team they were accused of among many things harassment workplace unsafe workplace environment for the cheerleaders and other female employees and you know just good old-fashioned racism as well so a lot to be uh, talked about here guys let's first just talk about mark davis's comments about you know him being signaled out and his franchise being signaled out and calling for the release of these documents in this investigation uh Drew, what do you think about those comments yo i'm i'm actually I'm looking forward to seeing if the NFL is ever really going to drop this full investigation, because are you really telling me out of all these emails and everybody that they looked through, the only one that was saying something wrong was John Gruden? Really? Come on, bro. I'm not I'm not buying that shit, man. Uh, I think that, you know, so. Mark Davis, what, what he was saying, they, they wanted to, on just Washington football team, they should drop it for the whole entire league. Every single, you know, every single piece of evidence that exists should come out. But the reason it doesn't is because it's a culture amongst NFL owners, mm. it's so, or so it seems, that regardless of having majority African-American players on their team, there is still a little hint of racism or maybe a lot of a hint of racism of amongst the culture of NFL owners. And, and they try to make it up for little shit, like putting N racism on the field and, and stuff that just shows you even further that they don't care and that they're just trying to capitalize black lives matter. You name it, anything mm. that has a dollar sign on it, they're for it. So, and that includes being racist, being misogynistic, being any istic, uh, obic, whatever you could think of in the book, as long as it makes some money, They'll survive anything as far as PR crisis at this point. Uh, they just scrub the internet of shit. That's why people like Dan Snyder don't get outed. 
a la something that happened with us. I think we could probably talk about it on the show. We don't have to, but I'm pretty sure we can at this point. But, you know, we just had some troubles, you know, posting videos about certain NFL owners. If I won't say any names, but certain NFL owners sent us these cease and desist over YouTube videos that we put out. Certain NFL owners that we won't mention names for legal purposes. So that's how you know these guys are guilty as fuck. They're looking up their own name. Their lawyers are trying to clear their, 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 trying to regain their clean image and all this. It's so, it's so wrong, man. And the only guy that gets now you got the scapegoat, you got the fall guy here, John Gruden. He's the guy. You know why he's the only guy? Because he was talking about Roger Goodell. You got mm-hmm. on the bad list, sir. So you are going to be the only guy and and we're all just going to pile it on you and And everyone else deletes everything scot-free. And you know what else? uh, Just to add to your point there, Joe, the, you know what else? It's also the thing of what John Gruden said was probably one of like the most like outwardly worst things that were probably said in these, in these emails. Like there's a lot of like, you can, there's a lot of like things you can kind of infer about, you know, with racism and stuff. But it, he was also just an easy target because people already had, like, feelings about him. The NFL never really liked them. They never really liked the Raiders. So it was an easy thing. And that's not absolving John Gruden at all. John Gruden's not innocent in this. John Gruden isn't a no, victim in this. He got exactly what he deserved. The point is, everyone who, like, enabled this culture, everyone who, you know, helped it build up and is involved in it, needs to also be held accountable for their role in it. And I think, you know, that's why I believe Mark Davis is kind of correct in calling for this, but for the wrong reasons, if that makes sense. Because he kind of wants it for, you know, his to, to kind of like get back at the NFL for his thing, which, okay, if that's, if that's your justification, I don't agree with it. But the end result, I think we can agree, and that's where that comes in. So... I want. I think every. I think I speak for everyone. Um, Brooks, we'll, I'll give you your time to speak. Absolutely, but you know, I, I just think that you got to release this stuff. You have to release this stuff because it's a it's a day of wrecking that's just been delayed, delayed, delayed. <laughs> that and we just got to get yeah. to it. Like we, I want to know. I we need to know. Man. We got to know. So Brooks, please. Um, I please, agree, man. I mean, further. I agree, man. I mean, it's sad, man. It's sad when. Mark Davis, the ginger ginger dude, has to be the voice of reason here. I mean, this was an investigation about Washington last year. Mm. So we know that there's some bad things going on as far as emails go. We know what they did to these cheerleaders, literally emailing, you know, those swimsuit photos and just doing the absolute most, you know, just like literally horn dogging over these cheerleaders, you know, like and 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 it's like it's like some high school stuff, man. Like literally fawning over these women and being like, oh, blah blah blah, just creep, typing out creepy messages and all that. Um, it's 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 a high school environment over there, and that's what I think it is. And they should be exposed. And the, anybody else in the organization and in, in the league, I should say, should be exposed as well because that needs to be just like not a thing at all. Like we're in 2021, 21st century. Um, you know, and we're we're coming into a, a a time in in life or time in just the history where we're trying to do better for women, and that's how you start. And we're trying to do better for LGBTQ folks. We're trying to do better for people of of color, black people, all these things. You know, John Gruden again. He is a scapegoat because he said something bad about Roger Goodell. And he said something bad about Demora Smith, and he was 
calling you know Roger Goodell you know and all the other people the f word and all these different things like he's he does he justifiably got his his comeuppance but so should Dan Snyder because again like Pedro said man we had a guest come on he said some very controversial things and we got a video it's gotta we gotta cease and desist because it was some true things I think and he didn't like that and he didn't want that out there so you know Dan Snyder should get the Donald Sterling treatment if everything is true and he shouldn't be an owner again Pedro what was what were those numbers that you said about his win-loss record it was like what 157 so uh damn so so we said his name it's all good (laughs) yeah I don't care but it's a uh, 151 and 207 with a tie. So yeah, I mean he's losing is, way more games than he's winning. This is literally a franchise that had the proudest tradition before Dan Snyder came around, and now we're the laughing stock of the league. We've had some good years every now and then, but then you tarnish a man's legacy in Sean Taylor by rushing his jersey retirement and. It, 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 it just seemed like a half-assed thing. And that's not fair to him. And it's not fair to his, his family. It's not fair to his legacy. Hmm. And, again, I just shame on him. Because why, why why do it if you're not going to do it correctly? Yo, if why, I be just... an owner, why be an owner if you're not going to do it correctly? Hmm. And I, I hope he's gone. I want him to be gone because it's, yeah. it's too much. I don't, I, just, I don't need to see it yeah. anymore. As a Washington fan. Yeah. Bro, you, you add on to that before we get off this topic real quick. Uh, the Washington football team is the prime example of how not to run a franchise and why they will never be good until the owner of the team sells them. He's been the owner for now almost 20 years or, or more than 20. He's been there for a minute. He's been there for a good, fat fucking minute, way too long. The, the, the stadium is not new. It's dirty. I don't like going there all that much. It's not a good experience. It's, it's not, not experience in DC. It's not in DC. It's not in DC. It's not in DC. <laughs> like, and and on top of that, uh, you know, you got pipes. You got basically sewage spilling on fans in the stands. You got, uh, you know, the the mega jumbotrons. They don't even fully work. Some uh, some of the screens are broken. The uh, upper you know. deck of the, the entire upper deck of the stadium is tarped off. Like if you go to the stadium or if you look it up, it up, you'll see like the Washington football, like banners and stuff like covering it. Like, no, those are seats that are being covered, like thousands of seats because they know yep. they're never going to sell out. Like- and not, not only that, not only that, on top of everything we already mentioned, you got what's going inside the, the what's going on inside the organization with all the pictures and the allegations and stuff that are going around just to cap everything all off. You got, this is my theory. I think that the Washington organization saw Jackson Mahomes and said, you know what? Come here, kid. Stand here. Would not dance. even be surprised. Would not even Stand be surprised. Stand here and do your dance. You know why? Because they're toxic. And, and, and I'm not even saying, oh, like, I, I hate toxic shit. Toxic shit is no good. So mm-hmm. that right there is a perfect example of why it's just the culture that that's there. Dan Snyder built that. And that's what it is. And it'll never be. Look at what happened with the John Gruden's brother. Like, bro, it's, it's embarrassing, correct. man. The bro. Gruden name is just tarnished, bro, forever. It is a it is a continued cycle. It's never going to change, bro. I'm sorry, Omar. This I'm is never going to change. Please, please. This, continue. this is the last I thing it. I want to say about it, because 
again, I am a, I am a very, very aggrieved Washington fan. I literally went away for like two seasons, three seasons because of how they treated Trent Williams, allowing mm. him to walk, walk around mm. for a couple seasons with, with a tumor in his head that yeah. turned out to be cancerous. And just from personal history, like I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be okay with that just because of, again, family history and, and what I've had to yeah. see and deal with, you know what I mean? Um, but be that as it may, I mean, again, Dan Snyder shouldn't even be an owner of a team because he literally, he, 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 he basically just like gambled with money. He was like, yo, I can build you this. I can build a stadium here. Jack can cook, Jack can't cook, cook the uh, owner of the last, the son of the last owner was like, oh, you know, I need to get the money together, but I can do it. And they were just like, yeah, you know what? We're, we're going to give this team to this, to the dance center because he's got the, he's got the idea for a friend or from, I'm sorry, an idea for a stadium. And it's like, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I have no, I have no good things to say about the man. He got over the hill guys like Albert Hainsworth there who basically just like washed away money. He wasn't even in shape for half his career at, at Washington. He ruined RG3, gave him a big fat ego. I mean, it's it's a whole list of things. And those are just like the top three things that I can think of that it just disqualifies him. He's, I don't like Jerry Jones, but if I had to pick a, an owner for a franchise, I'd honestly rather have Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones would at least market the hell out of your team and yeah, you'll, your Jones team can, will be talked about. And he'll build Jerry Dome. In Jerry the regular season. Great. He'll build a team on paper. He can build a team on paper. The team won't win any playoff games right now. But but like, like, and and I just want to say that, like, you guys mentioned, like, there's some things like, oh, Dan Snyder is very sensitive about. Here's things that are true about Dan Snyder. If we really want to get into it, Dan Snyder. All right. What? Oh, he he. When did he buy the Washington Football Team? I just want to get that. Guys, like, like, 1998, I believe. Okay. There, 1999, 1999, you bought Since the year 1999, you know how you know how many playoff wins the Washington football team has? Less, <laughs> less playoff wins than the Baltimore Ravens have world championships, Super Bowl championships. You you want to know something else about Dan Snyder's rule? You, 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 not only did he keep the name, uh, uh, the uh, the, the term Redskin as the name of that team of that team. After multiple large Native American organizations kept coming up to him, being like, "Hey, this is not cool," and we've tried to educate you multiple times about it, he not only did he pay people to try to come out and and you know defend that name, but eventually, after he was forced to rename it, th- this whole thing came out about how he got wow salty about it too. He got he was salty about it too. And, but you know what? You know what he wasn't salty about? He wasn't salty about that statue of the racist owner who founded the Washington football team, George Preston Marshall, the same guy who named the team that term, the same guy who waited was the, the you guys know this, Washington football team was the last team in the NFL to desegregate because yep. of George Preston Marshall. There was a statue of that man up in, up in the stadium that Dan Snyder kept there and the Washington football team kept there up until just a few years ago. So you want to tell me, you want to tell me, look, is Dan Snyder a racist? I don't know. You guys look at the facts. You tell me, I don't know, but yeah, go ahead, please. I I just want one last point 
and and I, and I I don't want to spend too much of my of my my good energy, man. You know, oh, Dan, I, I don't like this. I don't like to put my energy into into negative things like like this team and like this franchise. But it needs to be known that this franchise will never ever be good until he sells the team again because of the culture that's created. All it really is is a bunch of rich white guys. Just having a blast. You know what I mean? Like they hire their friends. They don't hire anyone that's competent to make football decisions. No, the coaches, Rivera is probably one of the better coaches that they've had in a while, but still the upper echelon of the, you know, the the higher ups in Washington are all still the same. The owner's the same. They just have the 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 money. You know, he bought the team for 800 million. They're worth 4.2 billion. So he could do whatever he wants. He doesn't care. He doesn't have to sell the team. He barely had to change the name. Only until he lost a couple of millions of dollars is when he's like, okay, let me at least just get rid of the name. We don't have to change it yet. So it's a culture that's it's it's not going to change, bro. Like, I don't care what player they draft. I don't care who they trade for. I don't care who's hot. I don't care who's their coach. Until he sells the team, they will never be good. Revisit this video in 30 years if he still owns the team by then. Oh, my God. 30 years. My God. Bro. Poor Brooks. I feel so bad for my man. My man's going to be like, my man's just going to be like, yeah, so uh, how about them Ravens? <laughs> my man's like, I, I look good in purple. I'll be They'll have like I'll four be, more chips by then. I'll be yeah. 56 years old. I'll be 56 years old. Still never seen the Washington football team ever go to Super Bowl. Win a damn playoff I'm, game. I'm <laughs> I used to guy. think Cleveland Browns was bad. Washington football team, that's a joke, bro. That's an hey, absolute hey, joke. Hey, you want to know what else is a joke? How would you describe the culture surrounding this football team? You know, the culture is actually damn good. <laughs> that was GM Bruce Allen just a few years ago when asked about the culture of the Washington football team. Yo, play that back. <laughs> play that fucking back Oh my one God, more time. Please. For those of you who don't know, this is like literally a thing that happened. The it was the it was right after Jay John or what was it? Jay Gruden got fired. Jay Gruden got fired, and he would, this was a press conference with Bruce Allen, who's by the way is being investigated by the NFL for a lot of <laughs> shitty stuff. And he was asked about the culture of the team, and this was his response: How would you describe the culture surrounding this football team? You know, the culture is actually damn good. <laughs> How would you? It's. I love the fact that he's like saying this as if he's telling people something they don't already like. No, like, hey, you might be surprised by this, but the culture is actually damn good. Oh, and then meanwhile, meanwhile, they're emailing <laughs> pictures of inappropriately of, of women and these children. We literally don't have a trading squad anymore because you guys are freaking perverts and you can't. Bro, they literally it's just, it's hire these done. women to do a job and they are beating their meat to these the pictures of these these poor women, man. That allegedly. They are not consenting allegedly. to shit. Allegedly. It's allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. 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 Sorry. Allegedly. 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 Please, please, we don't want to get that. Omar in trouble for what, yeah, we, for get, what yeah. we're saying. Yeah. Give me that Jesus and Meryl treatment. Allegedly. Allegedly. Sure, yes. Anyway, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> anyway uh, guys, uh, enough of the negativity. We've had enough of that. Let's go with some positive, the power of positivity, like the New Day, like to say in WWE. And if you guys are all about the power of positivity, please hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever new videos release. Also, be able to be sure to check out HMO Podcast. Link is in the description below, youtube.com forward slash HMO. Anyway, let's yes, move sir. on and talk about the 
Thursday night football matchup between two of the NFC's biggest teams, two juggernauts, you might say, in the NFC. You got the Arizona Cardinals taking on Aaron Rodgers and... Astros are still up. Oh, I'm sorry, bro. You good? Go no, you good. You good. Yeah. You good. No, you good. You good. Uh, so the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray are going to be taking on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers live on Thursday Night Football on Thursday. And this is going to be a huge clash of a 6-0, a 6-1 team in the Packers and a 7-0 undefeated team in the Arizona Cardinals. And it's going to be, I think, a big test for the Cardinals. Guys, what's your preview for this? You know, and, and what do you think is going to happen? Like, who has the edge in this matchup? Joe, let's start with you. Believe it or not, I think I'm going to take Pac Show and this one. And I say this because even without Devontae Adams, who's going to be missing this game because he caught COVID, and I guess he hasn't he hasn't sent back any negative tests in time for this game, so he won't be playing. Uh, it looks like his stats without Adams have been pretty good. He's actually thrown 15 touchdowns and zero interceptions since he's had – Adams as a teammate and he hasn't been on the field. So that combined with a Thursday game, short week, uh, Kyler Murray is a younger quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. So I think experience plays big on Thursday night on a short week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has done it more times than Kyler Murray. It's an evenly matched offensive matchup, but if the Packers defense can't capitalize on the fact that this is a short week and that the offense in Arizona could potentially be slower um, it could be a shootout, but I'm going to take the Packers, assuming that their defense will be at least a little bit competent on Thursday night football. Brooks, what about you? Who you got in this game? I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. That's a bad man right there. Mm. But I'm going to have to go the opposite way, man. Even with JJ, even with the news of JJ Watt being out for the year with that shoulder injury, um, I still got big fan. I still got big uh, confidence in Black Yoda, Kyler Murray. D. Hopkins, literally my saving grace as a fantasy football uh, team owner, team manager, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that connection right there is amazing. This Cardinals team is literally, if, not, if they're not the best in the NFC, they're one of the best teams in the NFC. I think they continue to roll that momentum. I think they get a big victory over uh, the, Packer, the Packers, Sands, uh, D. or not D. Hop, but Sands, uh, Devontae Adams. Man, you just mentioned him right there, and I, I, you got, you guys both made a lot of good points there, but I, you got it. You can't. You got to roll with the Cardinals. You got to roll with the Cardinals. I love what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Yes, he is a bad man, but you know who's the baddest man on either side of the football field, especially on Thursday. It's going to be that wide receiver whose name is D Hop, where number ten, he can catch anything. And you know what? This season. We haven't even seen DeAndre Hopkins really go off. He's had some very good games, but he hasn't had that one game where you're just like, oh, that's why he's one of, if not the best receiver in the entire league. I personally think he's the best. DeAndre Hopkins makes some amazing catches, and I think this is a prime opportunity for them to just get him the ball in any situation at all. Like the Packers defense, they played well in certain in certain instances, but this is the same team that allowed a lot of points to Detroit. This is the same team that got exposed against the Saints, who all respect to Sean Payton, Jameis Winston and company, and Alvin Kamara, but they're not a juggernaut offensively. So 
the 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 Packers have I think for a very long time relied on Aaron Rodgers, and we've that's the old trope about them in the playoffs, obviously as well. But I think when they're going up against an offense that is this good, they're, they 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 got to show up on defense and they got to find a way to stop somehow. D Hop, AJ Green, who's playing very well this year, and Kyler Murray, who is like just an insane football player to try to defend. He's he's in a lot of ways different, you know, kind of like Lamar Jackson. I think that, but like that's the only real comparison you can make as far as like the direct impact he makes on a game, but. There's too much for the Cardinals in working their favor for me not to take them. I think this Packers defense is going to get exposed on Thursday night. Hey, man. It's going to be a good matchup. I'll tell you that much. But I think the Cardinals are definitely due for an L. Like, they're not going to go 17-0. And I think this is a very good opportunity. If they win this game, they're they're going to be the team to be at least – you know, looking to, like at the playoffs, they're probably going to be the team to watch out for. But like I said, don't count out Aaron Rodgers. Experience is going to play big. It always does on in these these kind of short week games. You really start to see who's mentally super tough regular season wise. I don't even think Thursday night football is stupid, by the way. I think it shouldn't even be a thing. These guys are like 70 percent healed from the previous game they just played which is why I think a guy like Aaron Rodgers can take advantage of that where he can get those, you know, maybe those quick little free plays and throwing, throwing some people off. But like we said before, defensively, that's really the only question mark. It's always been for Aaron Rodgers. He's had shitty defenses time and time again. So it all comes down to who scores more points. Absolutely. Uh, Just last question, wrap wrap up this topic. Do you guys think the Cardinals have what it takes to run the table? And, you know, can they really keep up with what a lot of people expect of them and the expectations that are set for them now? Brooks, why don't you start us off? No. Okay. I don't think they're going to go 17 <laughs> I was about to be like, no. Done. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bro, I mean, 16 0 is, 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 is hard. 17 0 is damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. No. Cardinals. They're they're special, but they're not that special. They're not gonna go seventeen and Just period. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Nah, the thing. Uh, thing about the Cardinals, man. I just. I need to see it, for a whole playoff. You know, I need to see them dominate. I need to see them dominate the rest of the season yeah. and then start doing it in the playoffs. I'm not really because the Steelers started eleven and zero last year, and look what happened with them. I'm mm-hmm. not buying into just, but let me make this clear though. The Cardinals are much, these Cardinals are better than last year's Steelers, 100%. Oh, absolutely. But I'm still not sold on them. I'm going to take probably some more experienced teams before I go with the Cardinals. In the playoff, or sorry, in the regular season, I got this team can go, you know, 15 and two. This team can go 14 and three, whatever. Like they're going to have an amazing record by the time it's all said and done. But one thing I know as a Ravens fan, just because your record in the regular season is great and you win like a exactly. hell of games in a row, it does not translate directly to playoff success. It's a young team. Get there and let's see what they can do. I hope they I hope they go do well, but I, I'm interested. I, I'm not going to believe them as a – I'm not going to say they're not a Super Bowl contender, but I'm not going to go out and say that they are like, you know, a top contender until they we see what they can do in the playoffs. What last thing before we get off this topic? Please. Kyler Murray, the, the he the last quarterback his size 
to win a Super Bowl, I believe at his height, I believe was Russell Wilson. So it's been some time since we've seen a short QB really take the take the cake. So correct me on that if I'm wrong, anybody, because Russell Wilson is like six foot, six one. Uh, Kyler he's Murray five is ten. Five ten. Five ten. And how tall is Kyler Murray? He's like he's like five, I think he's 10. like five five nine, five ten, something like that. Like so we haven't seen a small quarterback really pull it off. You know, and That's since short Wilson. Hey, That's man, the short hey. game. Shout out to the short game, man. It, 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 the the heightism, all right. The heightism, not to, and not to say he's not no, talented no, 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 either. I'm, he's, I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying the 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 heightism that has existed in the NFL heightism. that robbed Doug Flutie from a Hall of Fame career. All right, that 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 made us that made Russell Wilson a third round pick. That made people question whether Kyler Murray was going to pick football over baseball. Like it is, man. If you can throw the rock. You can throw the rock. I think we've figured that out by now. I hope, I hope we figured that out by now. But people are still gonna find a way to be like, oh well, uh, oh look at that kid. He's 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 he can throw the ball. Let's make him a running back. Let's make him a wide receiver. <laughs> like my God, my these these experts. I swear to God, I'm sick of them. Fire them know, too. Right? Uh, anyway, guys, let me know what you guys think of the experts in the chat. Ask us questions. Let us know what you guys think about anything we're talking about. Hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Guys, let's move on and talk about some of the some lighthearted news, uh, at least for me. Um, so there was a trade this week, and not the one that we were expecting. No, Deshaun Watson has not moved yet. Uh, but there was a trade for a Super Bowl MVP quarterback. And his name is Joe motherfucking Flacco. Joe Flacco got traded to the New York Jets after spending literally a cup of coffee with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they traded him for a six-round pick after Zach Wilson got injured. And now this move wow. leaves the Eagles with only two quarterbacks on their death chart right now. The Eagles right now are not really a good football team. Uh, right now their quarterbacks are number one. Jalen Hurts, number two, the baddest man on the planet, Gardner Flint Minshew, the second. Um, you know, and, and this is bringing up some interesting questions with this trade. I have to ask you guys a question because of this situation. What does, you know, this mean now for Jalen Hurts? Is, do you guys think that there's potentially a shorter leash now? Because Minshew has now been elevated, like Flacco was never really going to take the job away from him, or they were never really going to go to Flacco because they traded for Minshew. But do, what do you guys think about like how this dynamic is going to play out as the rest of the season, and if the Eagles keep losing? Uh, Brooks, let's start with you. No, I do not think Gardner Minshew is a threat to Jalen Hurts. Uh, let's not forget Bold. Gardner Minshew just fielded a team, the quarterback of a team that went that had the, the number one overall pick last year the Jaguars, and they drafted his replacement in Trevor Lawrence. Gardner Minshew has his moments, but he's not better than, than Jalen Hurts right now. Um, I, I just don't I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to – there's going to be any any type of controversy. Controversy, um, You know, and again, this is – he's only – this is his, what, ninth start as, a, mm -hmm. as an NFL player ever going into this week? Give him some time, man. I mean, not even Donald McNabb was great coming out the gates as a, excuse me, as a starter. And he was able to lead them to multiple NFC championship appearances, a Super Bowl appearance. I'm not going to count out Jalen Hurts this early on as a starter. And I, again, and that's, again, that's somebody else. That's my, uh, 
my backup fantasy quarterback. So who am I to say, nah, he can't do it? I think he can. Hey, uh, Brooks, man, I, I think you're underestimating the situation a little bit, man, because they are definitely putting him on a shorter leash. I'm not saying necessarily that Gardner Minshew is better, but I think that Jalen Hurts' position as a starting quarterback is definitely – uh, like in, it's up in the air. He could lose it potentially this season if he can't start producing some wins. That's not even to say that Gardner Minshew is better. Maybe the team might be thinking already because if they trade away Flacco and they keep Minshew and they just got Minshew not too long ago either, I think they might be trying to work something out to get Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts out of town. It could potentially be something like that. I personally think Jalen Hurts is the better quarterback. He should play, but we've seen it before where guys who were clearly better had to see bench because the team didn't have that kind of vision. And another team ended up taking a guy, you know, I guess, for example, you could look at uh, uh, the situation with, with Tua last year. I don't know mm. how if y'all might agree with this, but he was better than Fitzpatrick and he should have started last year. But he didn't, and we saw the you know the turmoil that went on in Miami, and it was just a mess. I see a similar situation in Philly where Jalen Hurts should be playing, but they're putting him on this leash now. The Flacco to the Jets thing, um, it, it just goes to show that you know th- there is something going on. The, they didn't get Gardner Minshew for no reason. I want to make make be very clear with the point I'm going to make. Because obviously neither of you guys have watched this show enough to know uh, the, the 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 level of respect to to give Gardner Minshew on this show. This this pro this is a Minshew friendly program. I just want that to be known. But uh, Wait, is but, that like a running joke? I've heard other. I heard it's someone not a, else like oh, talking about buddy, this too. Give me give me fifteen seconds. It ain't no joke. Anyway, but um, I want to say be very clear about this. Jalen Hurts. I got a lot of respect for him. He's been put in an impossible situation over the past two seasons, um, like being the starter on that team and and trying to, you know, will them to victory. He's shown a lot of poise, which is, I think, the best thing that young quarterbacks can show. Um, that being said, the second best quarterback in the NFC East is on the Eagles roster, and his name is Gardner Flint. Minshew, yeah. the he, second. He nice stats, My G, 37 touchdowns to 11 picks, over 5,000 yards in 20 starts, 7 and 13 as a starter. Swagger over 9,000 on some Vegeta shit. They people were saying <laughs> in the preseason, well, Minshew doesn't look right. Oh, uh, he changed his look. He looks different. You're goddamn right. He changed his look because he saved his mustache, you idiot, on some Vegeta shit as well. Gardner Minshew, guys. Let me tell you, uh. this guy is. He, he much like Jalen Hurts, was put into an impossible situation his rookie year dealing with a Jacksonville Jaguars team that had regressed immensely, that had just traded uh, Jalen Ramsey, that was getting rid of seemingly everybody every single week. And you know what he did? Being a, a six-round rookie quarterback, he went 6-6, six and six, threw 21 touchdowns, six interceptions, outplayed Kyler Murray in his rookie year. Go look at the stats. Go look at the games. It's true. And he came back the next year. The team got worse, and so did Minshew. It happens. But I think that if we're talking about a quarterback who I, who can operate this offense, who, you know, like, and, and, you know, I think who has the experience to kind of lead this team and not necessarily make mistakes, I think Minshew probably gives them the better odd in that. Because I think the prop, the, not the, it's not the problem of Jalen Hurts. 
I just think that team is not going to give him the best, uh, you know, situation to succeed. It's not going to put him in the best situation to succeed. I would much rather see Jalen Hurts go literally anywhere else than Philadelphia. Um, also, I just hurt, and I just know that Minshew will give them a better chance to succeed. I think they'll use the running game more because I, right now I'm sensing that they're feeling pressured to use Jalen Hurts, um, you know, and pass the ball with him and, and do all these different things with him more often, and that's kind of hurting the balance of their offense. Uh, so well, why do you that, say that? Because because he's throwing the ball nearly like what four like 30, 40 times a game now. I don't I don't like that. I, I like I think he's a young guy. You need to you need to ha- you need to have a better running game. You need to get the run game more involved because at times you can guys can go watch like the Tampa Bay game. I think is a good example. They kind of basically gave up on the running game like after halftime. So. I, I think like you, they need to find a way to incorporate these things better. Like, look, the the biggest problem with the with the whole situation in Philadelphia, I think we all agree, it's not Jalen Hurts. The biggest problem is the coaching. The biggest problem is the game plan. It's bad. But if we're talking about someone who I think can overcome that bad coaching the most, given his experience, given his, uh, you know, given the fact that he doesn't make mistakes, given the fact that he can will teams to win, I think it's Gardner Minshew. And I, there, there's an argument to be made about Jalen Hurts and what his a market for him might be because the way Eagle, the Eagles are looking right now, they, I don't think that they're, they think they're going to be having like a top three, top four pick this year. And it's possible that they're going to move on from Hurts. And I think that's like where, I think that's just what, where the cards are going to lie. Uh, that's no indication. That it's just the truth, though. That's the way the NFL works, and and you know, for better or worse. And honestly, if we're if we're all fans of Jalen Hurts here, we can all agree it's probably for the best for Jalen Hurts if he moved on to any other situation because this team is a dumpster fire. This is the same team that ruined Carson Wentz. It's the same team that is in the process of ruining Jalen Hurts at at you know the genesis of his career, and no one wants I mean, to see did that. Carson Wentz. Did the Eagles ruin Carson Wentz or did Carson Wentz ruin Carson Wentz? Oh, the Eagles definitely ruined Carson Wentz. They, yes, 100%. It, it's not even a question. Bro, it, hey, Brooks, did you not see what happened, though? He, he, he was That's, cooking. He was, he was cooking, cooking with but then Philly. he got hurt. He did get hurt, though. Yeah, no, no. So, but, how, how did he, how would he be the at fault in this situation in not Philadelphia? Oh, I'm just, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not saying I believe that. I'm just asking, did Carson oh, Wentz? Oh, well, well yeah, 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 yeah. Carson Wentz did that. Okay, yeah. Did he, does did he fall into some bad habits? Yes, he absolutely did, and he kept those bad habits. Now that he's with the Colts, like the like you know fighting for extra yardage on like first down plays when he doesn't need to, but a lot <laughs> of that happened because of the fact that the Eagles didn't have a, any roster around him. Like even Tom Brady, as great as he is, even Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is. At the end of the day, you, you need some blocking. You need someone to get the ball to. And Carson Wentz, you know, I think. He's in a weird place in his career because of, I think, a lot of those bad habits he got in Philly. But to say that it's all on him, the fact that, like, you know, his career went the way it is, I just, I, I, watching those games, you just can't say that because the, the, the offensive line was crumbling around him. He was forced to run <laughs> most of the time to gain any yardage, and he felt like he needed to at times. And, you know, and once you're like a, you got that deer in the headlights kind of look, it, 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 it's all, it's a weird thing. You get into the habit of like, you know, being trigger happy and then you run the ball too much and you throw it away too much, you know, and th- that's the whole thing about ruining a young quarterback's confidence. And that's, again, what I'm noticing about Jalen Hurts that I don't like, which is why I think possibly getting traded away from Philly 
could be a great thing because this team is not anywhere close to being like, you know, a functioning football team, you know, within the next one to two years. Is that why you got your mustache like that? Because of Minshew? I mean, no, it's well, it's, uh, well mostly because I did a Borat uh, Halloween party last <laughs> night uh, on uh, right nice. here on the channel. Real Take Wrestle Talk, by the hey, way, that's, every Tuesday. That's, yo, that's like the all you're missing is is the the mullet, bro, and then your your Gardner Minshew oh, yourself, hey, man. Amen, hey, amen. Hey, Porn stash Minshew. You know he's the trendsetter. Uh, but you know, <laughs> hey, hey, all love to Jalen Hurts. All love the Gardner Minshew. We, I hope, I think we all hope that they both succeed because there are some. Very talented young kings in this league. Um, yeah, but, man, for sure. But, now, but, one yeah. last point real quick. Please. Like you said, all all that matters is the fit. It doesn't really matter who we think is better. If Gardner Minshew gets it, I, I think he could potentially be a better fit than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts in Philly just looking like it's not going to work. He could be successful. I just don't see it happening in Philly. Yeah, and I think he, he would also kind of serve as that transitional role, even though I think he's going to – he deserves to be a starter somewhere. I, I just think of him in Philadelphia as more of a transitional role, especially considering the way their season's gone. They're like there, they ain't winning shit. If I'm the Eagles, man, yo, where's uh no no I'm you know who I'm trading for? I'm trading for whatever that Jabroni's name is on the Jets, who uh like 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 my, what's his name? Like Mike Mike White or whatever, like the the backup quarterback. I'm trading for that man. I'm putting him in being like, buddy trial by fire <laughs> like we are not winning this season and we are going to guarantee it uh every, te- every every terrible team needs their deshaun kaiser big shout out to deshaun kaiser deshaun Browns abs- kaiser absolutely ruined it man fuck the fuck the wow, browns what a throw it's another reason to hate the browns Bad, man. <laughs> uh but hey deshaun kaiser if you're listening there's a podcast there's a seat right here waiting for you we would love to hear your story fast. king um Hold anyway up. Guys, uh, let's move on um, and talk about, I believe this is our final official topic for the day, and then we can just kind of shoot the shit if we want or whatever. But, uh, guys, I'm smelling a little something. You guys smell that? You guys smell that? I'm smelling a little quarterback controversy. Ooh, I'm smelling a little quarterback controversy up in the Bay Area. So we, And I think it's enough for us to talk about it, so... There could be a quarterback controversy in San Francisco after Jimmy G and the 49ers are off to a 2-4 and four start. Jimmy G hasn't necessarily played bad, but he hasn't really played too well, disappointingly uh, for me. Um, and they drafted Trey Lance third overall. Every Anytime there's a young quarterback, there's always going to be calls for possibly him to step up into that situation. We saw him start a game, and, you know, he showed some poise. Again, good thing for a young quarterback. Uh, but what do you guys think of this? Given where the 49ers are, given that, you know, they played relatively well, their defense has, do you think it's time to make the switch to Trey Lance full-time? Joe, why don't you go? At some point, at some point you got to. I mean, the whole – it goes back to that Miami situation that I mentioned in our previous topic. Just let the man play either let him play or don't let him play because they have this, this whole thing where sometimes both of them play in the same game so that you're never going to really build a chemistry with one unit that way. And it's just sloppy by Kyle Shanahan and them. Uh, I think it's about time that they make a change there and they really need to look at, replacing Shanahan and, and, you know, maybe, I don't know, at some point trading Jimmy G and just giving Trey Lance 
a chance because they drafted him third overall. Don't waste that draft spot. Don't let him turn into another one of these top five busts. It's going to be such a waste. They have a like a generational talent in both on defense. So they're always going to be competent on defense, but this off it, it's strange, man. You don't really see that too often of such a great defensive team be so bad offensively. It's like the exact, uh, it's, it's like, I, I can't even put it into words, man. They just need to look at Kyle Shanahan, who's been having a, a poor go at things ever since he's been in San Francisco, that Super Bowl mm. in Atlanta, when they choked really, I think changed that man. And he's starting to bring again, the word of the night Choking. culture, the word of the night is culture. And he's bringing this choking type of culture to the 49ers. And, you know, I, I think Jimmy G is still a formidable quarterback. He's throwing a mm. thousand yards, 65% completion. It's not terrible, but you know, the efficiency is not there. He's not putting up points. And, um, and you can't blame him when you have two guys playing at once and Trey Lance isn't going to live up to his potential knowing that he'll get benched after two, three drives. So give one guy a full chance. In my opinion, give Trey Lance the chance at this point because Jimmy G is starting to look like an injury-prone guy. Just move on from this mm. and fire Shanahan at some point too. That's the real 49ers QB situation in my opinion. Interesting. Brooks, what about you? What do you think? Man, I mean, Pedro just said it. You know, I mean, you got to give one of these guys a chance. All you're doing is really just hurting both guys' confidence. All you're doing is really putting, uh, sowing seeds of, seeds of doubt and seeds of disconfidence in each other. Like, you got to, if you're going to pick one, pick one and do that as soon as possible because you don't want to mm-hmm. ruin both your quarterbacks uh, so early into their, into, so early into the season. I mean, and I feel bad for Jimmy G, man, because at one point Jimmy G was supposed to be the one after Tom Brady. Tom Brady ends up politicking. Man. He ends up getting rid of his backup quarterbacks. He doesn't like that pressure on him. Jimmy G's a 49er now. He's into a Super Bowl. We're, we're all thinking, wow, this guy, maybe, maybe the Patriots should have kept him. And he ends up choking in the playoffs. He ends up, you know, completely missing on somebody for a game winning t- for a potential game winning touchdown. I mean. And ever since then, he's been playing scary, and he hasn't scary. Uh, what's it? What's it? What's the saying? Scary money don't make any money. Mm. Jimmy G is beginning to personify that for real. And um, you know, I I liked him. I want him to do well, but it, it doesn't seem like he's a solution for this team. It doesn't seem like he's playing all the way confident in himself like we all thought he could be. Because at one point, again, he's supposed to be the successor to Tom Brady, and now he's kind of just on the wayside. You know. I think Trey Lance is obviously maybe the more naturally talented guy, mm. but is he fully ready to make an NFL transition and be that full-time starter? I don't know. He's the only played what was he, he played a full season and he played like what 13 games in his whole career as a college quarterback. It's a lot of raw material to work with. And uh, I think he's going to have a great career if he ends up developing, right? I don't know if Kyle Shannon has got to do that. Mm. But yeah, Trey Lance definitely has a lot to prove, and I think he can be a good guy. I think he should be the starting starter moving forward, and Jimmy G just needs to cut his losses and go go somewhere else. Yeah. Um. So I I agree with a lot of what both of you just said. Um. I'm gonna start with kind of like a I guess a little bit of a anecdote or a comparison. In 2018, when the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson, I think they, they were kind of in a very similar situation. 
Like, they had a quarterback in Joe Flacco who, much like Jimmy G, could start games. Yes, like, he can start games. He can, you know, be efficient at times. He can get through. He can get you to win sometimes, you know. But at the time, was he more towards the, you know, ascent of his career or the descent? In Flacco's case, it was the descent. And in, I think, Jimmy G's case, I think he's on a decline as well right now, considering the way he's just been playing. And it can be for a variety of reasons. But at the end of the day, this is a results-driven business. If you don't get it done, you're going to be done. That's the cutthroat nature of football. And you don't – I said this before, and I'll say it again. You don't spend a first-round pick on a guy. You don't trade for a guy, all that stuff. If you're not planning on starting him eventually, if the situation arises, they are 2-4. and They're not necessarily playing bad football. This is a this is actually a very competitive two and four football team. Their defense really keeps them in games. The lack of running game has not helped them. I think Trey Lance can help with that. I think he has tremendous upside. I the guy I compared him to when he was coming out, and, and a lot of people sh- like kind of like looked at me weird. I compared him to Josh Allen when he was coming out, a guy who small state, small school, you know. A lot of raw ability, a lot of intangibles, leadership qualities. A guy who, at the end of the day, he will study the game and get it done and get what needs to be done done, and he will will your team to victory. That is what I see in Trey Lance. The upside in him is superstar potential. And is Mike Shanahan, or sorry, is Kyle Shanahan the quarterback or the the guru, the coach to make that happen? I don't know. Because I don't know, you know, what Kyle Shanahan, you know, can do with a young quarterback and mold and molding him like that. But what I do know is that Kyle Shanahan has had a lot of seasons where it's just kind of he's gotten a pass for bad records. Because and it's a lot to do with Jimmy G getting injured, but at some time he's gotta realize that my job isn't gonna be safe forever. I think this week he's got to really understand that. And take and, and take that seriously. He's got to pull the trigger, put Trey Lance in, potentially save your job, and 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 potentially save your season. Because again, this is not a team that's playing bad football. They are competitive in a lot of games. It's just their offense and the way it's working. It's just a hindrance a lot of times. And and I think that Trey Lance, if you work to his strengths, if you you know, do a lot of pistol stuff. If you if you throw, throw the ball deep, uh, which I think the receivers on this team would really love that, by the way. Um, but if, if you do a lot of that stuff, I, I think that they can win games with Trey Lance. And potentially, you know, I'm not saying playoffs. I don't know. But who, who knows? Lamar Jackson came in. No, people said he should have switched positions. Six months later, he's in the playoffs, 10-6, and six, led them to a 6-1 and one record as a starting quarterback as a rookie. All right? So we've seen we've seen crazier things happen in this league. Um, but right now is the time to make the switch. you got to do it. Um, yeah. Oh. So if you guys have... Start him, man. Start yeah. Trey Lance, man. Start Trey Lance, man. And Jimmy G, all love to you, my guy. All love, all love to Jimmy G, man. Like, no, no hate on him. It's just, it's much like Jalen Hurts. I just don't think right now he's in the best position to see him succeed, you know. The game is about circumstances, man. Mm. Look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady wins all the time because he's always in the best circumstance. You need to put guys in the best possible circumstance that they can be in, you know, considering their skill set what they are good and not good at, and then surround them with pieces. And you know... No teams need to know how to do that, ever. Well, you know who does? The Baltimore Ravens, man. Like, 
what and like and again, I and think every the, team Tom Brady plays for. And every team Tom Brady and yeah. But but no, I mean I think the 49ers could do a very similar thing that the Ravens did in 2018. Like limit the playbook. Work to your quarterback's strengths. Do like do just have him go out there and get that in-game experience and don't try to complicate it. Don't overcomplicate it because it because at the end of the day, you want to play a quarterback to his strengths. You don't want someone to end up like Justin Fields right now in Chicago where God bless that man, but he is being set up to fail in that city. Like it is I've never seen a you know, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback as misused like in his rookie year like that as Justin Fields has been. It is again, a lot of people don't pay attention because the Bears are crap and everyone hates Nagy, but it is just they're they're just not playing to his strengths at all. They're not getting him outside the pocket. They're forcing him in the pocket when, you know, young quarterback, hey, why don't we get him comfortable? Run some bootlegs. They do it all the time with Baker Mayfield, and it works there. But nah, nah, we don't want to do that with Justin Fields. We want him to we want him to be a Mitch Trubisky 2.0, have another, uh, another draft bust on our hands, which, again, you said it, Dro. It's a game of circumstance. But, uh, yeah, anything else on this situation, guys? Start Trey Lance and uh, free Lance, Jimmy yeah. G to a better situation. Free Jimmy G, bro. Send that man to uh, send that man to like second chance for Jimmy G too, man. He's got to figure it out expeditiously. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Final takes. I see that you're pulling out. Can I ask you guys a question, please? Uh, should that guy have given back Tom Brady 600 touchdown? No. no. Is it worth it? No return $1,000 in team credit, uh, a Bitcoin two season passes for, for this year and next year, uh, a Bitcoin, uh, signed jerseys, helmets from, from, uh, from what's his name and, and from Tom Brady and from Mike Evans. Mike Evans yeah. Um, yeah. And all of that, it's still not worth it. If I had that football, I'm gone, bro. I'm I'm leaving the game, and from there, I am negotiating. I'm waiting until I'm gonna <laughs> let eBay decide. I'm letting eBay decide how much I, I'm gonna ask uh, Tom Brady for. Hey, this is my football. It's not yours anymore. He my gave G. it to me. I didn't steal it. I could leave the stadium just fine, and no one would say anything. My G. You would have to give me like a minimum, a minimum of. Matter of fact. I would ask Tom Brady to buy me a house completely paid off. <laughs> completely Yo. paid off. Bro. Smart man. Smart man. Uh, my phone, my, 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 my computer's about to die. I'm about to go upstairs right quick. But if I'm that guy, I'm at least getting my student loans paid off. Because I'm not – leave it up to God. Because I'm not paying that student, that's those student loans off myself. But Tom Brady can definitely pay it off because I'm not going to do it. Yeah, call, least, God, yeah my, call God, man. Call God, man. Here's what here's all I gotta say about that. And Brooks, you can you can go do what you gotta do uh, if you need go to plug go plug your computer in, bro. Plug your computer in, my G. Um, but um, actually, I don't even know. I don't feel like we're gonna be here longer. How much how much you got left? You got left for like another like a minute. I got or like three percent left. I just I just wanted to hear your take, and I was gonna go upstairs. Okay, yeah. So I mean, my last take on the Tom Brady thing. My God, bro. Like, hold. On. If, if you're ever in that situation again, hold on to that ball. Do exactly what Dro said. Go nice, get bro. an agent. Get an agent. Make that shit into an NFT before you give it back. Get those oh, NFT shit. rights, my G. Like, just no, no. You gotta, you you gotta, bro. Hustlers never sleep. That's all I gotta say. Like, you you got you gotta be. Fun. 
Humble I would be so, so gone, bro. I would be gone, bro. I swear to God, I don't care how much time is left. I'm gone, bro. Ain't nobody getting that football from me, man. And not <laughs> only that, I might need like two or three bitcoins with the house too. If you really want the football, if not, I'll just keep it. I don't care. I don't need a house. I don't need the bitcoins. I'll bro, eventually cool work my way up to that. I don't how need cool that shit be? from Tom Brady. The I'm keeping this damn football. Bro, you could get like any loan you want just by having that football. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the security bro, that, that, that ball, that ball is like equivalent to a Babe Ruth baseball from like whenever Babe Ruth last hit, like his record home run. Like, that shit is mm. probably selling for millions. There's no way Tom Brady's uh, uh, Bitcoin and jerseys and all that and season pass. It's not enough. It's not even close to enough. And they can easily easily tom brady could easily and the team could easily give that man exactly what that ball is worth the problem is he's under the brady spell of the 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 dink and dunks the beautiful uh uh unathletic man that tom brady is on a football field uh he's just blinded by all that me i see past all that shit and i'm keeping the football and i'm getting what i want for this football or i'm keeping it bro it's just like you 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 said it though, like you get that ball and like they put that six hundred touchdown thing up on the up on the screen, gone. Like I'm going home. So gone, bro. Like it's like I don't care how I, I how much did I spend on these seats? Like like uh, uh, two thousand dollars. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm bro. Gone, GG. Bro, I'm right? out. Like like I'm going home. I'm like I'm I'm ordering Uber Eats. We we gonna have yes, a party. Sir. We we like we it litty? is it's it's about to go down. You already know like the, like it's just I I, I just don't. Damn, I don't get it. To Brooks, uh, oh no, don't worry, Zoom. don't worry. Looks like his computer died. But oh. uh, can I say one last thing before we get out of here? I actually got Please. work tomorrow off the early, so I'm gonna throw one last uh one last go. bone out there for you guys to mm-hmm. to really um you know digest it. I think the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year. And I think you're full of shit, Ravens. I think the Bulls are going <laughs> to win the, er, the Bulls. The Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year. If they, it'd be one hell of a thing if the Bulls won the Super Bowl, wouldn't it? Like, that'd be a story. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a story. Bro, they're like the greatest Typo, 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 typo. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, uh, I think uh, we're, we're just about ready to wrap up here. We're at our two-hour limit. But, um, hey, yo, Brooks, Dro, Pedro. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a, a an honor, a pleasure, a, a a real experience having y'all on. Like you know, and again, um, you know, guys, if you haven't already, please check out HMO Podcast YouTube.com forward slash HMO Podcast. The link for that is in the description of this episode. Uh, of wherever you're watching this, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, wherever, it's right there. HMO Podcast. Um, H at, at HMO dot podcast on Instagram at HMO ENT on Twitter, patreon.com forward slash HMO podcast. Check out what they got going on over there. Just, just, but minimum hit that subscribe button. Cause y'all are not going to be disappointed in the great content they're producing. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on. Yes, sir, man. Listen to this. Listen to this last, last, this last pitch about HMO podcast, man. Please, please. Every time we're going on live. Every time me or Pedro puts up a video, we put our Mike Green energy. We put that bang, <laughs> bang energy into every piece of content we put out there. That's so facts. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, like a Joe Namath Super Bowl guarantee, that you will enjoy our content. Listen, man, 
Garen Goddamn Take Sports Talk, HMO Podcast, man. This is a great experience. Omer, thanks for having us, man. Talked a lot of talked a lot of bad, talked a lot of good. I enjoyed my experience, man. Thank you so much for hosting this podcast. Yeah, yeah man. Definitely. Thanks for having us, bro. This is a dope channel that you got going on. It's growing fast. I see you, you know, every time I check your channel, you, you're going up in subscribers. Uh, you're consistent. You know your shit. You talk like a, a fucking bro. Like you talk like you're on ESPN already, man. Like you got the voice for it. Bro, you got uh, just, the you got the ESPN production over here. Too, yeah, man. bro. Uh, like really not seriously, man. What what you're doing here is dope. Keep it up. Um, you know, like I was saying earlier, yeah, that advice I was giving to creatives goes to you as well. You know, if anybody ever has feedback on uh, how you could improve the show, always keep an ear open, man, because uh, the potential of this channel is insane, man. And I'm glad that we are one of the early people to be uh, early guests to be on mm. here uh, before you hit a thousand subscribers. So, you know, from there, oh, it's just going to keep getting better and better, man. So keep, oh, y'all just wait. Thing, and thanks for having us. Y'all just wait till that that well, that's gonna be one wild ass watch party when we hit one thousand. Right? We gonna have we gonna have the whole crew. We gonna have yes, old sir. Andrew, Trenzy, G- Johnny G, who the people on this channel miss so much. Big shout out to Johnny G doing his shit in law school. Uh, but yo, thank you, Brooks, uh, bro, for the kind words. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll have you on again soon, very soon, and we'll do some stuff. HMO real take event coming coming to you soon um guys keep the conversation yep guys keep the conversation going on twitter at real take sports be sure to subscribe on youtube hit us up on instagram and facebook at real take sports talk and until then keep it real